The Commander Crunch Podcast is brought to you by PureMTGO.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. This is podcasting. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 15. Uh, you're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats on the regular. We are all about celebrating the culture, community and creativity of primarily our favorite format of Command, plus a side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Sam. Nothing to be said about me. That's particularly interesting. But uh, also always, always joined by my illustrious co-host, Big boy, Cheshire Chesh. How you doing, Chesh? I'm a ghost. Spooky. I mean, I'm fine. <laughs> hey, hey, spooky Chesh. How you doing? Uh, and, it's um, a month for it. As, as, uh, as you've probably uh, grown to uh, expect from us, a lot of our episodes are done with uh, amazing people in the, in the, the community, other creators, and uh, kind of guest profiling um people of interest pretty much as a uh, a bit of a project that's that's come to take place uh as as a place to share and explore the essence of commander and why we play kind of in an effort to promote and celebrate the, the qualities and, and and just yeah exactly explore that kind of thing so without further ado we've got another guest this week we're joined by chain from chain of commander a uh, a friend of ours that's popped up through all the uh uh sometimes through the negativity of the the community uh rises a, a really lovely positive figure and uh is kind of got together as a what we call our breakfast crew which is really funny we're all talk, talking to each other on twitter have some games that kind of thing and um chains quickly built a bit of a following uh on the the youtubes and growing from strength to strength but uh very much in our wheelhouse of what we love about commander how you doing chain I am doing pretty okay. How about yourself? Ah, oh, we're 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 breakfasty. We're in the morning. It's raining in this this lovely Melbourne. You guys Victorian, are so uh, much more chipper than I could possibly be before ten a.m. I had a coffee. Is <laughs> it coffee or not? I, Today was a two energy drink day, and I still wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> well, I heard I heard you had a bowl of cereal just to uh, to get in the mood for uh, your breakfast chats with us. Yeah, mainly because a bowls of cereal are super easy to make, and I'm lazy. And B, because <laughs> I'm lazy. They're good. They're good. Um, and 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 funny, funny spoiler alert. Oh, I don't know. Like, uh, uncovering these uh these dirty goss pieces of uh, Commander Crunch. But uh, even though it's our namesake, I'm not the biggest cereal fan, which is a weird thing. I still eat it, but it's <gasps> it's it's a dairy thing. Maybe it's like a I I. There's a long story. I'll tell it one day about why I don't like cereal, like with milk and stuff. Uh, but I still have it. But it's it's not my Wait, favorite. You you think people eat cereal with milk? You eat it without? No, uh, I I take almond milk in my oats. Oh, that's fine. Um, that's, it's still and milk. I generally take of. almond milk in my uh, in my other cereals because it's, it's almond milk and not cow milk. Yeah, true. It's a liquid agent though that softens the. The thing that oh, so you, you got to eat things. it fast. So you're a palate person. So that it doesn't get I used I used to have my my go to was wheat bix in milk, like as cereal, but not too much milk because I don't ever want to go over the top. And then right, for the non Australian people listening, I got to interrupt here. Uh, go for it. Wheat bix. Those are those are what we call wheaties in America. So yes, now you got the right just, image in the mind. 
Exactly. They're just nutrient and, blocks. And also, when we talk about milk, we mean full cream milk, not shitty watered down. Oh, yeah. So ours is pasteurized and skimmed, so it's it's a little bit uh-huh. more tolerable in a bowl of cereal. I mean, that's that's another thing too. I'm I'm pretty sure in um in your diet, fat gets the uh fat gets the wrong end of the stick, and sugar wins out in that. All because of this is going to a whole other thing, but. The sugar industry really pushed the stigma of fat back in the 70s. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, they did. Which is like we need fat a lot more than we need sugar to live. So just saying. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's 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 a bit of food chat. And and I know, well, first of all, uh, I was going to get into some brewer's notations before we get into uh, chain and uh, the, the kind of the, the content you do and your philosophies, that kind of thing. Um, Chesh, do you have any any uh, decks you've been working on this week or any interesting additions, kind of cards? You've, you've kind of had uh, perspectives change or anything like that? Uh, no question mark? No, you just had the uh, the Naya kind of commandy uh, precon. Uh, yeah. But it's... I mean, so we talked about uh, the Naya Commander Precon last week, the Landfall deck, didn't we? Yep. Oh, that's a good one. How did uh, how did your stream with Riley and friends go? Well, uh, it was really good. It was really good. Um, so game one, and I was running the uh, Zendikar Rising Rogue slash Mill deck, which surprisingly isn't technically a Mill deck. No. Um, it just it happens to mill out. Well, yep, yeah, mill just it happens, happens exactly. to mill stuff yeah. to make other effects happen. Like, oh, I don't know, uh, Sir Conrad. Oh yeah, um, that I ended deck? up killing the whole table with because I milled enough creatures in one swing in one combat. One foul to, swing. Uh, kill the entire table on game one. Yeah, which was surprising. Oh yeah. man, no, well, that yeah. was like really good deck. We had a game last night where we were just playing. We we're all playing fairly evenly, maybe fives or sixes, whatever. Just fun commander decks. I was playing Bird Tribal, whatever, and the Rogue deck just blew us out of the water. It was just too good. Yeah, and it was it's, like, oh, it's just it's really, really good. good. <laughs> it's it's a really good like twenty five dollar package or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's I know it's even cheaper than that, I'm pretty sure, but, but yeah, far out. It's it's a deck. It is really good. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, and least- and it is something I I will have a look at at some point um, in in upgrading. Oh, the rogue one, yeah, for sure. I mean, I already I, see I'm, a bunch of pieces, and it's funny. I've got a few of the pieces just in my Thardorodel deck. So the, um, I think it's knowledge exploitation, and also um, the the rogue equipment. So a few of these weird rogue pieces that have now just shot up in price because mm-hmm. people need the rogue pieces. Also, the conspiracy one that grants you monarch, and then if you've got monarch on your upkeep, uh, it's a five mana rogue mutant i think uh all your stuff's unblockable which is really good in the set and and yeah. i always say monarch and commander just just put it in it's awesome so. but um yeah like uh, so things for me are a little bit weird at the moment because i just sold 50 kilos of bulk common and uncommons kilos i love how you put yes. your quantities in kilos far 50 out kilos what's that in pounds um jane do, you, do we even know no. kilos what no okay, i think a kilo is what two point two pounds? I think one point uh, eight pounds. Fifty kilos to pound. So that'd be. What, I was about, about to say so. Uh, yeah, it should be about a hundred and ten. I think hundred and ten point two three. Get on my level, yeah, folks. Let me calculate. So, so it's like it could uh, be a person, a person of magic there we go. cards. Hundred and ten point two three one pounds. Oh, there you go. Look at that. No, just Ooh. in my mind. 
brain thinkings. Yep, yep. No, didn't even <laughs> exactly. need a didn't even need a cucumulator. The old brain thinkings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so, so like that much all, that all much magic that was that behind me on the shelves. All of the stuff that was under my table to my left, all of the boxes that were to my streaming table on the right, all gone. So now you <laughs> have somewhere to put your legs. Into, Yay. Exactly. Compacted into <laughs> post boxes, sealed up and sold to my mate Dom. Really? Uh, from, yeah, from an auctions place. So was that was that just sold as bulk? As as bulk, 75 bucks, yep. Nice. Man. And there's nothing, there's, there's pretty much all commons, uncommons, that kind of stuff, or you don't It even was know. all commons and uncommons. Um, I think maybe about 10 rares stuffed in there and, and nice. about a thousand <laughs> foils. Just to make some Just because, like, I had, yeah, I had a whole, a whole bunch of, like, additional foil stuff that was sitting around in a box that was supposed to be for Patreon people, but I never got around to, like, setting up the Patreon properly. So I just was mm. like, ah, fuck it, I'll just sell it. Um, I'll- so I chucked those in there as well, just give them an extra kick because. I mean, you're buying 50 kilos of bulk. Yeah. It's a lot of cards. It's All a right. lot of cards. Also, right. in, 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 in these lockdown kind of uh, situations, how are you getting it to him? You, uh, He came over because he's in oh. the same suburb. Nice. Um, no, I was going to say. But the funny po- part was that he that came over uh, wearing one of those masks that don't quite cover the whole face. What, so like a, nose a face was shield? Exposed. No, just like a, a, mouth, a mouth mask, basically. Yeah. Uh. Like, uh, it, it's clear it's supposed to be a full mouth, like a full face mask. Oh, a, a lot of people seem to think their nose is... Yeah, the nose, the nose is the important part. That's the thing you're breathing through the exactly. most. Come on, folks. Exactly. It, exactly. Anyway, I was wearing a, a face mask because I'm not a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dom. <laughs> but shift it up, buddy. Um, but he paid me, like, actual physical cash. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I thought this the other day. I haven't seen cash in ages. I was like, what the... I, is I... Uh, for about a year now, I've gone completely cashless. I used to be a big stickler on um, having cash on me because yeah. uh, I was I was at Sydney it's about two years ago now, uh, but I was in Sydney for a Wizards event um, and I left the venue and I went to have dinner at a pub. We all went into the pub and the pub's like, nah, sorry, buddy, our airport's broken. Yeah. And I'm like, well... Well, what, do you have another FPOS machine? No, we don't. So I had to get somebody else to pay for me that that was part of our group um, and then say to them, like, just just like, let's let's go and find an ATM that works so yeah, I can exactly. get you some money out. So from then on, I always carried at least $50 actual physical cash on me to make sure that I had emergency money buried in my wallet just in case I, I got fucked over by an FPOS. Avoid those social um, situations, exactly. Yeah. And it's I, like- about a year ago, uh, when my debit card arrived, I was like, ah, I don't need to do this anymore. I feel like, you know, it's been long enough. It's been two years since I've had an issue. I'll go cashless, mm. right? Because carrying cash for myself always makes me feel like I'm going to get mugged. <laughs> really? Which yeah. is, is, is a weird thing, because, like, uh, especially here in Australia, um, the the percentage that you're going to get mugged mm. is so incredibly, extremely small. Like you've got more luck in getting hit by a car than you have of being mugged. I think getting hit that, by a car is you know, just that. Crime car doesn't is everything. happen because yeah. we certainly do have. Yeah. But if you get hit yeah. by the car and the dollars throw, flow, flow away, just fly away in the wind and the accident, <laughs> I mean, it's like getting insult to injury. <laughs> so kind of same reasoning you, there. You're you protected against mugging and from losing money in the car. It feels like Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, but yeah, exactly. so it, it was just this weird novelty thing of like having cash and then going, well, instead of using the money in my bank account when I do 
uh, when I went out to do some shopping, when I, I went out to uh, post some items, like I was using physical cash and people mm. looking at me weird because I'm handing them cash. And then I realized like, oh, this is me being the asshole now. Because just because I've got the cash and I need to use it because I don't want it in my wallet doesn't mean I should be because we're in a level four lockdown. Mm. And like person to person contact is a big problem, right? <laughs> so now I've got like some cash left in my wallet and I'm like, it's actually like know. you can't like, spend it anywhere <laughs> for the most part. It. <laughs> it's like weird. Tender. And the worst part is one of the places gave me some coins in the change when what? I said keep the change because I was like, I don't, I don't, want I don't your care change. about the three bucks you're going to give me. Like, just keep it. Just, and they were like, no, I can't. I, I, my till will be out. I have to give you the money back. And I was like, <laughs> just throw it at oh, that person. Okay. And then I like, put it in my bag and uh, I'm like, hey. So, uh, yeah, that's been, that's been Chesh's virtues of change, uh, of change, of change versus, versus card. And uh, I, I tend to agree, but it's, it's a weird. That's just it's a wonderful world. Oh, anyway, the it, point I was going to make it's very weird. is that hopefully I remembered to keep enough to continue to build my decks. Yes. Although, so I have a 3,000 card three slot box uh, still under my desk that I put most of my commander stuff in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my interchangeables, as I call them. Mm. Um, which is like my main commander collection hub for commons and uncommons that I need. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if there's any rogue stuff in there. I didn't. I didn't think you about that. You might be surprised. There's some pretty wacky stuff, and I, don't, I doubt well, you'd throw away be, something like it. I don't know. Like it's it's, the, the, it's I think one the of those cool stuff is rare. Don't think about anyway. because I don't build rogue decks. No. And and I don't mean that from a deck building perspective. I mean literal figure of typing as rogue. So. I've probably gotten rid of some commons and uncommons that I might need for the deck that I might have to rebuy uh, at some point. Yeah. But the deck itself is actually pretty well made. Yeah. Like, it's not going to need much to bring it up to, like, a a 7 or an 8, to be honest, because it's a 6 or 7 already, mm. you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, you, you know, mm. maybe a little uh, mana-based stuff. It definitely needs a Zarasan, uh, as, as I said, but that makes sense because they're like, buy more packs of Zendikar Rising. You know the the, the <laughs> by the pack. Yeah, the the set pretty much on the side of it. Um, and then look back at your the old uh, I don't know, is it Lawn Block kind of? I've got two here, but Knowledge Exploitation and Cloak and Dagger, like I said, and and find mm. those wacky ones. That notorious Throng card, far out, far out. I not, told you. Not only I did you. I not only did I sing the the Thong song Cisco. Um, <laughs> throng song throng throng throng. <laughs> throng, uh, throng. <laughs> uh, but so did 20 damage to multiple opponents because uh basically this is the way the play I, I wasn't going to do a full game uh you know play by play recap but it was pretty funny uh one of the players was playing blue like clerics which yes spicy spicy deck niambi uh and then uh he played rule of law so everyone's playing one card at a turn you know just slowed right down then the the, the rogues player played on one turn, the the Leviathan, who I absolutely love, or the Kraken, I think it is, Scourge of Fleets. So, bouncing mm-hmm. everything with toughness uh, less than the amount of islands you have, which was four. That was enough. That was enough to bounce most things on the board. And then the rebuild couldn't happen because we're all on one spell per turn because of rule of law. That was a potent combo. So, he had all his stuff on board. And was just able to, and thanks to the card he wasn't even playing, Rule of Law, uh, and then and then was able to just keep chipping in with rogues. Okay, then the next turn, twenty damage across the opponents. Notorious Throng is the only thing gets twenty rogues, and then take another turn. Okay, like okay, 
it's a good card. It was really, really good. So, yeah, play Rogues. It's really good. Um, it's really good. Yeah. The only thing I had, uh, and, and, and Shane saw this on a, uh, we had a, a, a cheeky little stream, or not even stream, we just had some off-stream commander uh, meetups uh, last week, I think it was, but I've started to play my Jorian Polymorph deck, uh, something I've put together for a little while is a weird idea. It's not like an optimal deck by any means, but that's the whole point and spirit of it that I love Jorian as a, as a character, as a commander that doesn't look like it's about to do anything too threatening. Uh, and I've just wanted to put all the cool polymorph stuff that I, I enjoy, and it's it's fun, and it's just finding like the balance and and making that uh, making that deck hum essentially. But the, generally, the game plan is uh, dump out a bunch of non-creature ways of putting tokens on the board. So not even using like your Talrans or things like that because that's another creature and that kind of dilutes my polymorph pool, so to speak, if you can imagine. I, I want like a Tybalt or like a Thopter Spy Network or there's a few different ways to do it. Basically, just get some tokens going, get them on the board and then just let rip a massive polymorph or a synthetic destiny or a indomitable bit creativity. There's all these effects that basically just go... Uh, put this creature on the bottom of the library or destroy it or exile it and then shuffle through your deck until you find a creature and then dump it on it. And that's when the Ulamogs come out and the, you know, <laughs> all the big stuff. And it's just fun. It's janky. Um, but it's blue-red. There's a lot of stuff you can do there. I've found the modal double-face cards, as a few people have said, are better than even better than they seemed. And this is the type of thing, if you ever want to play Fling in a commander deck, you're like, oh, it takes up a card slot, though. Just chuck the, the three-mana Fling modal double-face card in there. It's it's fantastic. Um, the other one, Salundi Vision, I think it is, the, the three-mana uh, look through the tops. It's an instant and then land on the other side, of course, look through the top six cards of your library for an instant or sorcery, put reveal it, put it into your hand. That thing is just like, that's grease your wheels type stuff. It's it's really handy. It, it's always got a, a, a reason to be there and something to do. It's a land if you need it or just like search for your polymorph piece. So those are the kind of the uncommon ones, especially being the ones I've been really impressed by. But um, yeah, Chain, you were there when I did that. Um, I was having a, uh, a slow game to start with and then I think you and... I mean, I you were having a slow playing. game, but what was it? The guy had that survivor guy out and was just giving you more and more survivor tokens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, and nobody was, nobody so, was thinking anything of it because it's like, oh, he's just getting a whole no bunch of No one knew that's tokens. what my deck was doing. Yeah, and then so, I know we were like, I'm just going to cast Polymorph and sack these 11 creatures. <laughs> yeah, so someone had a Varchild, uh, Betray of Keldor, which I think is a really spicy red card. And um, you, you could probably make a cool commander deck, who knows, but basically deals combat damage to a player as a three drop, three, three, uh, and that player creates that many red, uh, one, one red survivor creature tokens. And then survivors, uh, so I'm creating the tokens. They can't contr- uh, they can't block and they can't attack whoever made them, um, you or a planeswalker. Oh, no, it's the other way around. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, that's, yes, that's, that's the way it works, I guess. So basically you, you just... You're giving that opponent, which is me here, uh, all the survivor tokens, and then they can't attack the creator. Uh, and then when Varchar leaves the battlefield, gain control of all survivors. So that was, I think, Joel Enthrallment was doing that. And I was like, I'll take you. I, I just kind of baited it. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm keep hitting me. That's fine. I'll take all the survivors. So I had like eight of them. And then a few other, I think, some uh, tokens from um, from new new Tybalt. Um, I don't mind that command, uh, the uh, that planeswalker, by the way, as an uncommon planeswalker. I've been playing it a little bit. Makes little devil tokens that ping if you're into that kind of thing, and also switches off life gain for your opponents. I forgot that part. 
Sometimes that really pisses some people off. <laughs> um, it's very good. But, yeah, so I did all that and the, the, had all the tokens and, um, yeah, just I was one last. It was the whole threat assessment thing, weird thing, Chesh, because everyone had kind of left me alone after that. I was down to about 10 life because I'd been hit a few times and everyone's like, oh, he's missed a few land drops, so not really doing much. So, uh, you know, feel pity. And so it's just me and Joel left. Joel just wiped out two players with Mirror uh, Entity, I think, um, pumped up all his creatures. I was and one of kind those of, two creatures. One of them. Yeah, exactly. Was tapped out and was like, oh, cool. All right. Haha. Like I've just de- deleted two players. Awesome. And I'm like, all right, cool. Untap with eight tokens and then just cast Mass Polymorph. And that was it. That was done. And um, I hit a Perfrost to give all my things haste. I hit the new Jumpstart Blue Scholar. I'm doing bad. It's a Sphinx basically that casts an instant or sorcery or artifact out of your graveyard. And it's an effect I put very highly in a lot of my decks, as in anything that can cast an instant or sorcery out of your own graveyard, love it to bits. Um, hit that. Hit the polymorph again, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, just hilarity ensued. Got eight beefy creatures. They all had haste and, and finished off Joel. And everyone's like, where the hell did that come from? So that's the fun and the explosivity of this weird polymorph deck. Uh, again, I know I can add more colors to it, all that junk, but it's it's Jorian. I love Jorian. And, and, and that's the whole point. I think even some of the stuff we might even talk about this week, but there's been a bit of a theme in the community about, you know, uh, yes, there's great things to play, but can we play the things we love? Absolutely, and this is the format for it. So, um, yeah, we'll get to that a bit later anyway. But um, so that's kind of been our, no- our brewer's notes and uh, been having some fun. And as as always anyway, it's well, in the last month or two, I'm still playing more Commander than I ever have. So I think that's a real positive and a weird silver lining to all these situations. So um, including, yeah, just hanging out with Chain and, and, and all, our, all our mates in the US, which um, Chesh, Correct me if I'm wrong here too. This is a funny little discovery I've had. I found it a lot easier to get people from the States uh, to play Commander games or everyone's ready for it, whatever. And I've even had local crew. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining how spell table works. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I can't do that, whatever. And it's, it's like it's really funny that it, the whole thing, it feels like I'm a lot closer to all, these, uh, all our mates in the States than it is sometimes to our local groups now. Uh, a lot of the local people just don't have webcams. Yeah, but it, we've found this, the phone works amazing. It's it's this weird... Well, even then. So, it's this weird thing where... And, and the phone doesn't. The phone... Shit. Oh, I've had it work okay sometimes. Anyway, yeah. There's, there's a lot of people from local groups that I know of who are just like, I don't have a rig for this. Okay, well, I mean, you can build a rig. Yeah, I mean, I could, yes, but no, it, I'm not going to. I don't have a webcam. Well, you can use your fam- your camera. Uh, I would, but it's just too much effort. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that, that Australians, kind of like, you reckon, in general? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think it's just... And look, it, yeah. it is the slack Australian thing, right? Like, Maybe, yeah. These people should be able to do this, like, easily. It's definitely that thing, though, like, once you do it, though, it's done. You have it set oh, up, yeah, and you're ready to play exactly. all the time. So, like, for me, that was kind of my barrier, too, is, like, I don't know if I'd be able to set up something like this that worked too well, but then once I figured it out, it's like, all right, I have a setup. I can do this whenever I want now. So it's totally. like, get had, over that initial we, barrier. Yeah, and we had we had um, uh, Brandon, aka Create Commander, and he was he was a bit reluctant on his phone. He's like, oh, sorry guys, I'm I'm you know annoying everyone, like trying to set this up. I'm like, not at all. Just take your time. 
And when it was like humming, that's what I was saying, Chesh. Sometimes I've seen the phones with better quality than the, than the webcams. It's really weird, but it all depends on phones, every, a, a lot of things. Give better quality, but yeah, it, like, it cut it out some time. Trying, yeah, exactly, and that's yeah, what I found as well. To use a phone as a webcam um, doesn't always work because it depends on your internet connection. Yeah, um, and because th- it's still working off your Wi-Fi. That's true, and I think you need that phone plugged in. And I even had uh, some of my mate Alex has he has a fan on his phone, literally just to stop it overheating. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it's, well, it's worked okay, Hayden's and it's not a stupid on idea. Tuesday night when we were doing the EDH Boxing League, um, every Tuesday night at uh, that's right eight thirty eight eight pm EDT, a, a, uh, yeah. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Yes. Yep. Well, daylight savings time now. Um, That's true. But yeah, Hayden was having issues with their phone because it was burning hot by the end. Yeah, exactly. And you saw the frame rate. It was chugging. Yeah. It was chugging. And that's the thing. That's why um, they, they do state in the thing. It is a um, experimental or like it's in a beta kind of mode using your phone as a thing because it's not the most optimal thing to do. You'd best have a webcam, but it does work. And and I think, yeah, bottom line is though, I have I've managed to get a few people online now uh, from our local group and go, Guys, look, we're playing all these games with with people at Chain and, and and everyone across across the river, basically, you know, on the other side of the world, and we're making it all happen. And you know, like we're we're not even a hundred k's from each other. Like we can do this, and and I mean that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But it's still, it just conceptually felt really funny that I hadn't played with uh, some of the local crew for ages. I'm like, guys, give it a go. Even if your phone, I'm like, look at this dodgy rig that we had to balance our phone to start with or the webcam. Just jump in. And you've seen, I've seen a couple of them, um, mates, Harley, Gabe, Alex, and then once they start playing, they're like, oh, my God, I haven't had this much fun in ages. This is the classic, like, our Sunday afternoon at the store playing Commander and just having fun. So I was like, guys, this is what it's about. Like, it's this is what we can do at the moment. And they're all playing arena as well. And they're like, oh, arena's really drying up in interest. Like, you know, so <laughs> like, I miss people. And it's like, yeah. So that was that was kind of what I'll keep being on the uh the, the, the soapbox about. It's like just just put it together. You can you can improve your rig, everything later, whatever, but it's it's you know, just getting some some commander on your belt and 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 getting back to it, which is really fun. So um yeah, anyway, digress a little bit as we always do. But uh yeah, let's get into our main course here. Uh, so more about chain. Let's 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 get in here and, and, and talk about our guests. Yeah, uh, essentially, that's you. Uh, so chain, how long has it been since you started? Uh, kind of, and, and also, where did the uh, what was the impetus to to kind of get this thing going and and, and talk about a little bit of your uh, I guess your personal mission statement and philosophies about Commander and and, and what the, what the channel is all about. All right. Well, it, this actually probably started a while ago, years ago, that I kind of always wanted to have that, like that voice in the back of my head saying, "Hey, you should do YouTube." But I never yeah. really knew what it was going to be. It, it bounced between a lot of things. It bounced between really dumb reviews of really dumb things, like a cheese sandwich I made, or hot sauce <laughs> reviews where I just do a shot of a hot sauce and just react to it. Um, to the point where I was comfortable with, like, yeah, I can. This sounds like an idea I can go with, but. Uh, with the whole lockdown thing going in, I'm sitting there just building EDH deck after EDH deck after EDH deck and never getting to play them. Just sitting there, gold fishing, tuning them and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, I could do it here or I could do this on YouTube. And that was kind of like, that That would be the impetus, if you would, of what kind of got me going. And uh, but I think the real clincher, the real clincher that got me going is when I finally, like, I was going to bed one night, and I was kind of more on the idea that, yeah, maybe this YouTube thing's the right idea. And I was lying there in bed, and it came to me that I could call it Chain of Command 
er, like chain of command, but with er at the end of it because I'm witty and smart. And it, it, from that point on, the floodgates just open on like the whole branding and theming and stuff like that because you have different segments called chain reaction, chain links, off the chain, stuff like that. Like there's so many chain puns to work with this year. Uh, chain mail, uh, that's my favorite one to do on Instagram. Whenever I get some new piece of thing in that I ordered, just call it chain mail and post a picture of it. So it's really easy to brand. And that was, that was kind of the censure for me to actually get into this. Um, then spoke to a couple people uh, about getting some like just art and branding done. And by, after testing a couple cruddy cameras and ordering some parts and trying to do things that I finally, early July of this year, Finally decided to record something, because what better way to actually get into something than just diving in head first? And that was now about three and a half months ago. We're now here, about 30 videos later. I have a slightly better idea of what I'm doing, but it's still, I have absolutely no clue. And it's just been one hell of a ride. I've been enjoying pretty much every minute of it. I've been meeting so many cool people. Like you said, I, I've been playing commander with people from from australia obviously we had people from the uk people from canada just like people all over the world that you meet just through content creation and it's just been an absolute blast but yeah so we'll get into your uh your yeah your commander's philosophy and again it was something that w was immediately apparent to me and it's kind of sitting in our wheelhouse of we kind of sit in yes we entertain a bit of com competitive commander and the ideas of it of course and, and understand the virtues of that and then by the same token, jank, fun, weird, wacky builds, whatever. But I think it was your originally some of your like budget uh, videos that were kind of the first steps into Commander for a lot of people. And, and having that welcoming voice, which really spoke to me as far as you can build, a, it's kind of like the Rogues deck too. It's like you can build a, a competent deck that is something cool, interesting, creative, but just it still works at the table kind of thing. And, and that was that was the type of thing I want to see more of. And, and, and I think no coincidence, a lot of our, the periphery of, of who we speak to and who we in, uh, in, engage with a lot of the time is more of the kind of creative budget audience in a way, um, for sure, because it's about having fun in Commander. And I, I definitely, it's, it's like, I commended you on this, but your Ephemia deck. It, it takes it takes a bit of a, uh, a a spicy kind of eye to look at that and go, yeah, we're going to make a cool Ephemia deck for sure. I people people keep complimenting on that one, and every time it's brought up, I need to be honest, people. Eighty percent of that work was done by my girlfriend. That was like all her deck, and then I just looked at it and like, you know, there's very easily a budget build of this, and I just did some sorting through it to kind of reduce it down to a more accessible build. And it, it, but like eighty percent of it was all her for that one i'm not gonna take oh, i'm not gonna steal her incredible kudos because it's, it's exactly that you 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 outlined that video as this is the commander that no one's shown any love they just look at the effect and go oh that's mm. not gonna work like what happens what what i reckon you can make it work it's great and uh and that's that's the thing it's uh i said today uh in reaction to um yeah davy's article about playing playing your pet cards i just said i was thinking about it and it's like that the whole reason and why i keep coming back to this game is that uh, play the cards you love, uh, the interesting cards, and playing cards that make people go, Ooh, what's that card? Or doing something with, with style or just interesting. That's why I play. And, and, and that's, I mean, it doesn't have to be the same for everyone, but just doing interesting stuff is, is you know, what speaks to me in volumes. And then, yeah, exactly. Like I think budget's a byproduct of that too. That it's, I also think 
I never want to arms race this game and try and pay to win. Like that's not interesting to me whatsoever. Yeah, cool. If I get a mana crypt, I'll play it. Like it depends what kind of get deck, I guess. But um, that's it's not my objective, eh? So uh, yeah, Ephemia was awesome. You you can guarantee you sit down at the table with the Ephemia deck. People are like, ooh, this is spicy. Like what's what's going on here? And um, they might even leave you alone the first few turns to make sure uh, they see what's going to happen, or they they might not even. It's like why I play Jory. They might not. Yeah. Kind of think like you're when a real you, when you see Jory, you're expecting people to cast like Cheerios and start drawing a bunch of yeah. cards, but you're just sitting there going, "I'll take Token. some more tokens, just give me some more tokens," <laughs> and it just kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know if it was like the deck was stuttering or what, and then you finally get that one explosive turn, and you're just like, "Oh, I <laughs> yeah, see where exactly. we were going." Value town, it's great, but uh, yeah, that's that's. Um, I've seen your your schedule as well develop as far as you've kind of got a. I think it's a theme for each. Uh, each week of the month, I think, is the way it works. Yep. Correct Tuesdays, Tuesdays, the weird one. I have it kind of under the about tab on my on my channel. But Tuesdays are the ones where I kind of just cycle through very specific segments. Uh, so the first Tuesday of the month, that's where the spot. Um, I call it the spicy brew. This is where you're most likely going to see my budget lists because by yeah. being budget, they quite often are inherently spicy in their own right. Uh, but sometimes, like this upcoming one for November second or this Tuesday in November here, that's election day. Uh, I'm doing an election theme special for that one uh second second week second tuesday that'll be uh what i call the base of operations where i talk about making your mana base work for you and kind of focusing on cards you might not even consider in your mana base Mm. uh different cycles of uh things and like that to see if they can make them work for you how to make them work for you and what sort of decks would appreciate those sort of things playing in them so far i've done things like snowlands and deserts and i had this most recent one was going over the double face cards from from uh, Zendikar Rising, where I kind of came to the same conclusion you did, where I, I, for our format specifically, I think these are excellent inclusions in pretty much any oh, deck yeah. that can play them. Um, because it, I, I, this, this was the theme of the video, but in Commander, you don't have best of three. You get one game for your deck to do what you want it to do. Yeah, that's and right. You don't want to lose to not having enough lands or having too many lands. And these, these sort of cards, they, they hedge up on those sort of non-games for you without being mm-hmm. in themselves inherently broken. Uh, now, obviously, if Wizard starts making them inherently broken, that can lead to problems down the line. But right now, the balance is, like, for a first attempt at it, I'm very impressed with the balance, and I think they can refine it going forward. I, I think I, so, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's it's like it's tacking on another mana or two uh, for yeah, effect to, to kind of and, balance that out, and it's fine. And I think mm-hmm. I think it just lowers that barrier, too, for, like, would you ever have a, a room in your deck for an act of treason because there's other crazy, awesome things you want to be doing anyway? Or a, like I say, a fling. Sometimes you don't have a spot for a fling because you've got other crazy things to do. But I think also everyone, uh, there's been a few debates on on how you kind of uh, number those for, for mm. what's an optimal mana base. And I say optimal in not trying to win the most games at all. Again, this is my my, my, my belief, that kind of thing. It's more that whole what is a fun game and, and mm. that, that term when your deck's humming essentially. So, it's that whole uh, I, I think a few people have said the same thing. I tend to put it in. I, I like to think of them almost half-half or maybe even three-quarters in the spell slot and mm. then anything else on top can replace lands in a way or three to four or uh, three out of four kind of thing. So, yeah, you might end up with if you count them as lands, Maybe in the for me like thirty eight, thirty nine, forty kind of realm uh, for lands, and that's that's a good place to be. You're playing sometimes these ones on turn one that are a spell, and there's actually effects to get them back later anyway. So yeah, 
Now, I go, I definitely go into more detail in that episode. So I, I talk about the benefits and con, the pros and cons of like counting them as lands, counting them as spells and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so yeah, very, very high value discussions actually, just to, um, because that's the thing. It's like, I think everyone can land on their own, uh, their own, uh, opinions of it. And it's, it's something like your video is perfect for that just to go, Hey, here's some food for thought. Think about what this means in, this is just some general outlines, but think about what it means in the context of your own deck because that's the thing. I, I think I put it down. It's like, do you want that effect in your deck? And that's no. the ones I'll play kind of thing. Like, for instance, I'm not playing Glass Pool Mimic in, um, in Jewelry because I played it and then sometimes I was polymorphing and then the Glass Pool Mimic would come down and there's nothing to copy. It's like, oh. Yeah. That's it's a bit boring. annoying. <laughs> it takes up a, a creature slot. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. It's usually a great card, but I chose not to run that particular one kind of thing. So, um, yeah, a lot to think about for sure, for sure. Well, that's, I think um, you kind of had on like one of my personality traits that definitely bleeds into my content. I'm not here to give you answers. I'm here to give you information. I, I let you mm. come to the conclusion. And e- even outside of magic, that's the kind of person I am. If people come to me for help, I will show you how to do it, but ultimately you need to be the one to do it. I'm not just going to force feed you the answer. If it's a subjective thing, I might give my opinion and why, but yeah. it's ultimately your opinion that needs to be made. I can't make that decision for you. So I'm just here to give you information to work with. I'm yeah, not here to give tools, you answer. Yeah. And I, I think there's a great underline there that pretty much everything is so context dependent, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what, that it's everything I, I often say to my work it's just like you find yourself answering questions with depends <laughs> and yeah. I, I feel like i'm giving non-answers and it's like no it's it's true i, I turn that I into everything's depends I, like yeah i don't make it depends i answer your question with more questions to really sort out what yeah exactly like, there's no way i and can I give you an answer a lot of times it's just like all right well what are you trying to do when people post deck lists, like if i'm on reddit and people post deck lists saying, here's my deck list. What can I, what, what can I do to make it better? I will 100% always ask first, well, what sort of issues are you having with it? Because yeah, I, exactly. I can't just look at a deck list and inherently know what issues you're having with it. I mean, I, there's the obvious stuff. Oh, you're playing 15 lands. You want to get that more into the mid-30s and stuff like that. But yeah. there's people posting lists that uh, look reasonable and they're like, how do I make this better? And I'm like, I don't know. What, what do you want it to do? So I, I'm not here to give you answers. I'm here to help. I'm here to give you information, but you need to give me information to work with as well. So exactly, and and that's that's actually a great lesson too. And I, it's been a massive level up. It's taken me a few years, but to find when you're brewing decks, uh, and and again, this is just for ease of brewing. I think for really helps to kind of focus what I'm actually trying to do. And and this, this does not mean it, it can be a great. It, it's it's not necessarily for a great outcome. It's sometimes for something really janky. But try and sum up what your deck's trying to do in a. Um, I find this is really helpful. It doesn't have to apply to everyone. But try and make a mission statement for your deck, and and try and make that that sentence or two that just nice and cleanly, succinctly sums up what the deck is trying to do. And that often helps like run a lot of those decisions for for you know what it is. Because I think more and more I've also realized that a hundred card deck. Is not a lot of cards, I think, in the grand scheme of things. Oh, like when I there's so many times where it's like, I want to fit so much more into something. Like yeah, and I, I always assumed I could. And now I realize once you start running into, and I, I by no means, I think your staples can can totally be tailored to the game plan. Sometimes it's about having a ramp piece that gives you a 1-1 one, one counter because that's what your, your deck wants to do. And those, I, th- I really love those kind of little discoveries, of course. But 
once you do inevitably have to, you, you inevitably will have to include pieces that just kind of help the game plan hum along. It's your ramp, your card draw, whatever. You're starting to look at less than 60 cards. You're, if you really want to go 10-10, not that you have to for those two, if you just raw card draw, raw ramp, you're then looking at less than like just over 40 maybe. And then like once you're there, you've got other considerations curve. There's just not that many. I, I, I think it is you can really like boil down your game plan into something fairly simple at that, at that, that stage. Uh, and then like focus on that essentially. But Again, these are all just lofty thoughts that they don't apply to everything. Everything is still context dependent. I've absolutely built decks with like four sub themes, and it's it can work. And I think that's the elegant touch of deck building. Sometimes, if you can make that work uh, without being too schizophrenic about it, like yeah, you just like it's one of those things though that like you don't need to know the answer right away either. When you're brewing a deck, if mm. you are trying to fit too many themes in there. Just play the deck. The deck will tell you yeah. what it wants to do and what it doesn't want to do, and you'll get a feel for it. And as you play the deck, you'll be like, all right, well, this is something I thought would work, and it just doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And, so and, and that's, a, that's, that's another great lesson I think I've, um, I have to tell myself too. It's like, yeah, just, just make your beta 1.0 build and play it. Yeah, no. uh, when people like, tell think, me, think what it means, and yeah, it's never going to be perfect. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Send it off to school, it'll learn some things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of like you you have that uh, that that kind of initial. Uh, but what about this? Ah, uh, but what about that? It's like no, just just play it, see how it goes, and then mm-hmm. then tweak to suit essentially. And I think shout out to Sheepwave for um, kind of pointing that out this week. Uh, she was saying that like, uh, what was it? I said it's like uh, she was saying how she builds decks, which is the whole pretty much the way I do. It. I do it with cards I have rather mm-hmm. than I do it sometimes digitally, but usually it's going riffling through my boxes and finding interesting cards. End up with a stack of 150, start boiling them down. Just saying once you're at 103, I said that was my, like, that's the hardest point. (laughs) You're you're so far away from the final list, it's not funny. And she's like, I choose three at random and then discard them (laughs) and go. I was like, oh, no, but they're all my favorite children. And uh, that was kind of it. It's like, well, think of it in terms of you might not actually hit that card in the game. So... No yeah. loss. I exactly. think that's it. It's like a yeah. It's like a Zen moment. You're like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. What if it never existed? That's fine. So do that, and and it's got to be played sometime. I think that's the main thing. So just get in there, give it a go for yeah. sure. The deck Love building it. process is never. It's never at an end. At decks are always changing. Yeah. You'll always find something you want to change. I think out of all the decks I have right now, even the one that I think is borderline perfect, I had to make a change incredibly recently. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and that's the thing. Every every new set can be a fun discovery uh, phase. There you go. What what can be uh, fun? Strict upgrades, whatever. Um, even though that's not always the like we said before, uh, it doesn't have to be the be all and end all. So yeah. Um, speaking of which, let's. I might even get into. Uh, I want to pick your brain for some of your favorite uh, play ways to play in in some of those favorite decks. Was that deck you just mentioned? Was that Tuvasa? That was Tuvasa, yes. Oh, that thing is an engine. That is a that is a oh. piece of piece of art as an enchantress build. My favorite thing to do in Magic is draw cards, and <laughs> if you want something to draw cards, enchantress decks will draw you cards. But it, it, in that deck, like every time I had Blind Obedience in hand, I felt like, oh, this doesn't do what I want it to do. It's just really it slows down everybody else, but slowing them down not enough for me to really take advantage of it. So eventually, that 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 got cut. I put it in heroic intervention in there for this deck, but yeah, that's that's one of my four. I'd say that's one of my three decks I consider my powerhouse decks. I, I don't want to cross yeah. the realm to CEDH quite yet, 
but I do want to build like seven or eight decks that I could take out against other people's seven or eight decks at your general open GP, whatever have you, once they return. Um, mm. So that, oh, yeah, that one is probably one of my favorite decks right now. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, and then uh, any, any others in your quiver that you would put as your, your kind of um, uh, top of the list, I guess, or, or one that, that's yeah. probably not going anywhere. Uh, it's, it's really to say, I'm not the kind of person to really take apart a deck. Um, yeah, true. I, I can morph it quite a lot, but there's an old point where I just take the deck apart. Uh, and I, they're all my children. I love them all. Like my exactly. perfect deck, which I think is my second real commander deck, uh, that has become completely foiled out. Now, yeah, is it my favorite exactly. deck to play right now? No, but it's, it was my baby. It was when I just made it a, a project of love to just get printings of cards that I wanted to see in that deck. And it's just like every starting hand is just absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it just feels nice. It's like I'm not I'm not stuttering on mana or anything like that. It's just just nice. I was going to say too that that is my level up moment when you're um the the deck meets the threshold where you're like no this is it's almost like retiring the jersey uh or not retiring the deck so to speak but that gesture of this isn't going anywhere and you foil out the, you foil the commander at least is is my way of doing it because I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might foil out a whole deck at some stage, and I've kind of probably started on some of the routes, but we'll get there. But I, mean, I did, I did foiling, a poll online. Not a, lot a of, not a lot of people foil out a deck. I think we had a total no. of... I can bring up the, the poll real quick here. Nope, that is today's poll. I definitely think it's a cool gesture when it happens, for sure. Um, and then that's the thing. It's, it's, you've, you've got to hit... Uh, what is most interesting is which deck gets that uh distinction for people and and it's a self-expression thing again to why we play the game and, and you can show off I, i've got this amazing piece for this deck that i just love and it's not even doesn't have to be the best card i just enjoy playing it kind of thing and it's foiled and 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 that's a massive self-expression so um i don't know have you had a game i can't remember if you had a game with us with uh andy from guardian project podca- podcast i'm trying to think i don't remember. I'm actually really terrible with names. I'm better no, with faces. Okay. And I don't see anybody's uh, faces through all this, so it's like... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably better than faces, too. Yeah, uh, it takes me a while to get the hang of it. Andy's a gem, and I, um, I forgot to give him a shout-out last week for uh, the, the kind of group of people, again, that have been just a, such a positive influence and, and, and reminding me why we play this game and, and why it's awesome. But uh, uh, Andy, um, we'll, we'll get him on the, the show. Same with Coyle from the podcast. In I think a few weeks at some stage, but uh, sure. we've we've had a couple of games that have been really fun. He's got a Noyandar deck that is for that's the one that animates lands, can... right? What's that? Sorry, that's the guy who animates the lands. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's I think that's one of those kind of commanders that people go, haha, not really. That's not that great. Like almost the Ephemia thing. That you mm-hmm. know, you look back at that set, yeah, Noyandar wasn't that good. And it's it's again, it's just a subjective nature of of what you find interesting, fun, whatever. And that deck is solid. Like, it's really good. And you start to realize, oh, he's animating lands. He has a game plan where he slows the game down first, not oppressively, just like lets everyone deplete some of their resources, kind of hampers what they're doing a little bit, and then starts to deploy some some big lands. Uh, and then using things that destroy all non-land permanents, things like that, that's always an effect. You're like, oh, far out. That's really That, that really cripples me. This is like a plague wind, essentially. Uh, and it's just really, really solid. And, and again, it's uh, the foiling that out because he loves it so much. It's such a cool deck. So, And that's, sure. uh, that, that's kind of thing. Like, There's decks. Any deck can be, any commander can be competitive. It's just about knowing yes, how to build your so deck too. to support it. And it doesn't even need to be the most powerful effect. 
but a well-built deck that has synergies in places you might not normally expect synergies in and stuff like that can really mm. just take it up a notch. Like, um, to get back to the decks that I like that I'm probably not taking part, I think the, the most recent one I completed was, um, my Hydar deck, which I, which was the first budget, second budget deck tech I did for my channel. Mm. Uh, I finally built it in paper and that's exciting. But, uh, the one before that, just a week ahead of that, I built a, uh, between drafting and actually building it, I built a Tiam Luminous Enigma deck in three days. Yeah. Cost me $50 to buy the cards I didn't have already. It's like a $120 deck total. And this thing, first draft has been an absolute blast to play with because it ends up like almost every game. It just does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So exactly. It, it's, I, I, unlike you, I don't really, put the cards I own together first. Every time I try mm. to do that, it never happens. Uh, I'm very much a brood <laughs> online like a first. Yeah, <laughs> there's I'm, just, Kate, Kate's like, what's all that crap on the uh, kitchen table? And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and it's just like, there's just idea uh, pathways going down every angle. And next thing you know, I got all these piles of cards and I'm, I'm just mm. a bit overwhelmed, but yeah, I know what you mean. And it's, yeah. I, I need to do more digital stuff for sure. Mm. Um, I'm very Cause I mean, that, Part of that is that discovery too. You're, you're finding cards that you're like, oh, this didn't have a home anywhere except for this. And that's like Hyder far out. Like I, I don't want to spoil too much because watch the video, but that's a lifestyle choice. You go, <laughs> do you know this one, Chesh? No. This is a Cold Snap card, I believe. Hyder Rhyme Wind Master. So uh, it's a five mana, three, three, human wizard, uh, two tap, return target permanent to its own hand, play this ability only if you control four or more snow permanents. So it's snow time, like in mono blue. This is, yeah, again, lifestyle choice for sure. Oh, you got yeah, Marilyn not- Slumber to play with these days. Mm. That's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, Marilyn Slumber's in there. It's, mm. it's, it, that was probably, that one took a while to draft up. And even the one I ended up doing, yeah. the deck tech still had a couple cards changed out before I actually built it. But, uh, that's something I will draft up initial thing, and I will just research every possible card going through Gather or Scryfall to figure out things that would fit it, and look at it and be like, all right, I can look at a deck, and in my head I can kind of think, okay, this thing is going to lack card draw, so I need a little bit more card draw, this thing's going to lack removal, or is my game plan purposely to tap down and bounce things over and over again, mm. uh, which this deck in this case obviously it was, so I'd be looking for more ways to do that than your regular deck would have, because that's, yeah. like you said earlier, that's... The game plan, the the sales pitch for this deck is bounce and tap stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think I, I've said this too, but uh, I know there's some people that go, well, uh, I've seen actually more than once in the last few weeks, but a, a solid unsummon can be the, I, I put it this way, can be the torpedo to the Death Star. Oh, yeah, who, who is it? Uh, unsummon, unsummon Skull. He's He built, yeah, yeah. I was talking Loves to him on Twitter. Unsummon. He's like, he, he built 12 decks this quarantine, all of them to just feature different ways to use Unsummon. I'm just like, that's <laughs> exactly. insane. That you can Sometimes it's just what you need, exactly. Flesh out a card it's, that much. It's just crazy. And I yeah, it. it's like one of my pet cards. And this is the first card I think of whenever anybody ever asks, what's one of your pet cards? Boomerang. Yep. It's just yeah. unsummoned for literally anything. And everybody's like, but that's a bad card. I'm like, I don't care. Because <laughs> A, care, exactly. the Mirage art's gorgeous. And B, it's it's so versatile. Yeah, exactly. It can bounce I think that's it. anything. And it's just an easy slide. It's like it was printed like 20 bajillion times or like two cents a piece. You can get them anywhere. And in blue, it's just like non-conditional removal for everything. Yeah. And I don't I think, I don't I, think I, that's I find bad. It- I think that's a lot better than people give it credit for. I think it's just 
we we give a lot of credence to uh, just big mass removal, that kind of thing. Sometimes mm. the answer is importantly surgical. It, it needs to be like razor focused to exactly the right yeah, did thing you know, to Did you know that cyclonic rift had a secondary mode where you only need to target one thing for two minutes? It's funny. I, I've seen that more often than not over the last two weeks. Uh no, the on non-overloaded cyclonic rift, exactly, mm-hmm. and it's the same reason. I, I actually, I really favour bounce effects because that, that same reason. It's just you've always got something to hit, and and one of my favourite bounce effects. I always go back to fumble. Is is probably a pet card of mine. I try and include that everywhere because sometimes you might just steal an aura too. Mm-hmm. You might just steal an equipment. Who knows? But uh, um, Chesh, I want to involve you in this too because we're kind of waxing lyrical on on, on some of our favourite things to do, commanders, whatever. I don't think I've ever asked you this point uh, or this question. Your Hall of Fame for Commanders. Uh, your, I know I saw somewhere, maybe it's your pure MTGO profile or something. You said your favorite commander was Yannette. Um, is that true? No. Did, I don't think I've ever said that it was my favorite commander. Well, we're awesome. saying it for you. Exactly. So, Mm-mm. well, now's your chance to, to, to kind of correct that course. What do you, do you have a favorite commander or do you have like, I know you're, you're of the, the, the uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I know, you brew so much it's not funny anyway and you use a lot of interchangeable pieces, which means sometimes decks don't stay together and you go, you morph them to other decks. Is there anything that stayed together the whole time or would, would you like to? <laughs> um, would I like to? Absolutely. Is it the one deck that almost every group I've ever played with has asked me to take apart and never play again absolutely <laughs> is it my favorite commander that happens to be a shadow ninja absolutely is it eureka's the tiger's shadow god damn you know it yeah, is. yeah okay you okay know it is. eureka that's um, that's excellent so, eureka when i first built eureka uh it was a taking turns deck because that was just funny it's just what you do turns exactly. out that taking turns whilst being able to manip- manipulate the top whilst having an unblockable commander that can nut everyone for between 8 and 11 damage every turn. Oh, yeah. Uh, is something that people don't particularly like. But when respectfully, you at least they die quickly that way. Like, and that's the thing. It's not like you're chipping. They do. You're not chipping them for one every turn and you have to make well, them take 10 turns. Sometimes so it's three. So here's the thing. Um, and I think that I've said this multiple times. The way that I like to play is to give everyone enough time to build a board presence, to play the game, to have some exciting turns, and then turn 10 or above, I get to just kill you. Sorry, game's over now. Because <laughs> I've, I've let you play long enough. Yeah, I've let you play long enough to enjoy the game. Yep. Now I'm just going to end it. Yep. You know, um, some people did take issue with that, and so I took the deck apart because they asked me to never play that again. Wow. Now, here's the thing, right? So, again, respectfully disagree with those people. They know who they are, and I know that at least one of them uh, listens to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I'm going to get a message about this, and I don't <laughs> care. Uh, when it comes down to it, I've always stated in all of my articles that I ever talk about when I when I talk about killing a table is that Anything turned 10 or above is fine because you've given ample time for people to find answers, for people to play the game, for people to build a board presence, and they've had enough turns that they should currently be enjoying the game. We're not talking turn four or turn five where yeah. people have just felt like they've only just shuffled up and only just started to get to play I'm the game. I'm still bro. Yeah, we've we've already had important turns. We've already had pivots. We've already had battles between. Yeah, there's already been players. drama. There's been resolution, and then there's death, no, exactly. and I bring it. Yeah, 
because I I am the bringer of death. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's it's it doesn't come from a spiteful, malice-filled, hate-filled place. Yeah, someone's got to win like, the game at the end of the day. Like, and it's, yeah, I, I've played this game for long enough. I can now end the game. I'm going to end the game. Yeah, and and I think that but yeah, that Eureka. that definitely draws into uh, again. I kind of stated it before, but I've been thinking about it a bit lately. A lot of these chats with people, and and, and I want to get as many perspectives as possible. But I really want to just boil down what makes this game fun. And and like you said before, it's it's really uh, it's it's a social understanding, um, and I know that gets stated a lot, but sometimes it's really hard to establish that. I know that because you're meeting new people, that kind of thing. So it's almost it's almost like a uh, universal meta thing that if more people understand why they're having fun and, and why this is is fun, then it kind of self sorts itself out. But it's 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 that that thing that there's a lot of little things there, like you said. There's conflict. There's resolution. There's drama. There's there's recognizing into interaction is is where it's fun completely sometimes cutting off someone's game plan completely like they can't do anything you can understand sometimes it's not that fun much fun but i don't know it's that's it i'm not going to cancel your show in episode five but at the end of the, the first season sometimes those shows just have to go <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it's I, I think you can be tasteful about it that kind of thing i i, I always go back to um how funny that was. Uh, Lexicon have, MTG Lexicon have their house rule of no kills before turn five. That's Oops. quite respectful, I guess. Um, or no wins. And and you had that funny one. And I think this is almost in retaliation to, and this, this, this is absolutely in the, in the spirit of the game, the fun, whatever. But you brewed that amazing, um, that amazing Snapdax deck, which Snapdax you're in Mardu, yep. okay? Yeah, you can do what you want. You're handicapped already. That's fine. Like it's, it's you're not in blue green. I, I feel like I need to state for the record that I held to every single one of their that's that's what I was going to say rules that they requested. Yeah, uh, which is no wins before turn five. I won on turn five. Um, it didn't say anything about killing other players on turn four. <laughs> exactly, uh, which you so did. I killed off two other players on turn four, and then on turn five, I finished the game off. <laughs> there was, they're like, yep, yeah, I think that's that's still part of the rules. And everyone's like, good, uh-huh. golly. And it was absolutely in response to Jeff. two of the players having extremely gross decks uh, okay. um, yeah. that stopped me from playing the game multiple times over the last two months beforehand. Ah, uh, nice. Um, I, and I... I prepped them beforehand and I said what I was bringing and I said, I'm bringing Snapdax Infect. And they were like, yep, that's cool because I know that they've put down um, Infect rules changes previously mm. uh, for, for some decks where they've gone nut. Infect is, you know, is 40 instead of 20 or 30 or whatever it was. Um, they didn't do this this time. And I just went, yep, well, that's, I'm, yeah. I'm going to win this then. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. It was in good spirit again. And I think a lot of that comes down to yeah. the presentation of it too. Like it's it's how you – you're not sitting there with malice in your eyes and telling someone to stop playing the game as in like you should quit and, and your deck sucks. And it's like, no, you yeah, we're all having a laugh and that was within the spirit I think. And it was uh, it's just super cool. Everyone laughed. Exactly. It was – it was yeah. Now, Sam. Yeah. What you should be asking me is who the second commander on that well, list yeah, is going Well, yeah, keep it going. Keep it going. Rashmi Eternity's Oh, Crack. yeah, Ooh. in love. Uh, for mm. those uninitiated, this is a Simic Commander. So this is a two colors, a green and a blue for a legendary Elf Druid 2-3. Whenever you cast your first spell each turn, 
Reveal the top card of your library. If it's an on-land card with a converted mana cost less than that spell's converted mana cost, then you can cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't cast the revealed card, you just put it into your hand. So super value, mm. super good, excellent in uh, a counters deck. Uh, and I don't mean like I can counter spell everything you do because that's never going to win you the game. But I mean like things like Mystic Snake are fantastic in this <laughs> One deck. One of Cheshire's favorite cards. Um, and also, surprise, surprise, extra turn cards yeah, are also exactly, very good exactly. in this deck. Um, but yeah, like that, that Rashmi is my number two absolutely all time favorite commander. And in fact, I am working on something at the moment. Um, that that's a little spicy for the next uh, nice. commander the distancing oh next weekend i need to probably get some people together for that <laughs> um, but yeah i'm i'm working on something a little spicy with plasm capture and stuff like that and it's basically mm. just going to be and uh, i'm going to call it um oh damn it i've forgotten oh yeah quantum leap it's called quantum leap interesting hold on quantum leap this is a hold on this is a card Ah, Sam has never actually watched Quantum Leap. No, I mean, I haven't either, but reference. like, I think that was before my time. It was before your oh. time. I'm very old. Okay, okay. All right, well, I'm going to add this to the list. Is this an entertaining feature, more or less? Yes. Nice. Okay. Well, his name's Sam Beckett. <laughs> 8.1 on IMDb. Yes, his name is Sam Beckett. And it's, it was made the year <laughs> I was born. So, all right. Okay, we'll, yes. We've watched some... <laughs> We've got to watch some uh, Quantum Leap. That's why, old. Yeah. Oh, Neil and Patrick Harris is in it. What? Interesting. Interesting. But yes. So, so, so tell us the relevance of Quantum Leap. Uh, it, it's basically because um, it's Sam Beckett's like a man out of time, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he basically leaps. Uh, I guess you could say he leaps into the past, into people's bodies to help them, like, through a thing, like whether it's, you know, correcting a death or something like that. Mm. Um, it's just very much like plays the role in the hand of fate. Yep. And that's what this deck is based around. It, it, it's basically just playing a role in the game to push the game in a certain direction. Oh, I love that's it. all I can tell you. I love it. But it does have counter spells. It does have some extra turn stuff. Uh, but more importantly, it has clones yeah yeah and it's never a bad thing so i think uh, when I, I i used to run a rashmi deck and it evolved into an intet deck and but it was just it was some of the 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 halcyon days the best fun days of uh i've had of commander it's just rashmi could do so many things and, hey, and hey sam yeah. hey sam go for it just i'm just gonna say there's just that thing when you spark double <laughs> and then you yeah. infinite reflection on a spark double. I you just said a card I was about to talk about, <laughs> Chesh. Stop it! How did you know this? How did you? How did you? You probed into my mind space and you took out a card I was about to just talk about just then. How did you do this? So I don't know. I'm a magician. But infinite reflection is a house of a card, and I I looked at it for ages. I was like, where do I use this card? It's so weird and awesome. And basically, just it's six mana enchantment aura. Enchant creature when infinite reflection enters the battlefield, attach it to a creature. Each other non-token creature you control becomes a copy of that creature. Non-token creatures you control enter the battlefield as a copy of enchanted creature. They're all the same. So what I used to do in my Rashmi deck, uh, again, I was saying that my Rashmi deck just had different iterations and. I think bottom line, Rashmi is the type of commander in an awesome way is quite liberating that you can really 
you can lean into the whole casting high CMC thing so you can get value off them, whatever. But it's just generic, awesome value and fun and you're just humming along. And so you can build whatever you really want into it and, and themes, whatever. And that's why that's super cool, your one. One of the the most favorite, uh, my most favorite kind of pathways to, uh, to, to endeavor to go for with that one was the infinite reflection uh, on a Pathbreaker Ibex. And it was just so mm. much fun. And that thing, that thing's like a diet uh, crater hoof behemoth. And I love that thing because it's <laughs> a goat. It is the greatest of all time. And and he, I said it the other day on Twitter. There was like you copy that a few times and you attack with them all, and you're doing damage in the thousands. It's it's crazy. It's so cool. So infinite reflection, weird uh, toolbox card. You can do lots of wacky things with. Um, go dig it out of your uh, old commander staple binders or your you know, old bulk rare uh, binders and, and, and have a play with it for sure. Yeah, look forward to seeing that one, Chesh. That's going to be a wild time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I reckon we should get into some, uh, there's been some really good kind of just philosophical talk about uh, what we love about Commander, that kind of thing, and just broad stuff, love it. Um, let's get into some some personal questions uh, to find out what kind of person you are, Chain, because um, that's that's the fun part, apart from talking about Commander, sometimes all the other stuff that goes into it because everyone is interesting essentially. So um, let's start it off. You know we all love food yes. around here. With I do. Well, you know we all all love food around here. Pineapple on pizza. What's your stance? I am personally not a fan, but I live in a house with somebody who personally is a fan. So our pizzas come half and half. And if there's a leftover piece of pineapple pizza, I will eat it. <laughs> that is a good good answer. Would you do the same, Chesh? Uh no. You no. You just said I'll, I'll go hungry. Risk. Risk. Oh no, you're right. Sorry, sorry. I, yes. I will. Yep. I will thankfully not go into anaphylactic shock. Yeah, thank you I very much. I forgot the pineapple fibers, and even if you pick them up, uh, pick them off, not good enough. No, okay. couldn't you just like Pistol. you know keep an epipen on hand so that you can still enjoy yeah. the food? <laughs> it's worth the pizza. I don't even have an epipen. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm allergic to. Really? It is the weirdest. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. It's the only thing I'm allergic to. Oh, then yeah, I would well, avoid pineapple on pizza if I were you. Personally. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Like, this, is the, this is the thing I always say, it, it doesn't make sense. And um, I've now found other people with this, with similar, uh, well, not similar, it's the same thing. <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, the same affliction where they can drink pineapple juice, mm. right? But they can't eat pineapple. And we think it's the fibers. It's like. The, it's the fibers, yeah. yeah. Interesting. They're itch, itchy fibers. Oh, dang it. Oh, weird. old. Yeah, anyway. Uh, rip off the next question there, uh, Chesh. You know we love to ask this one. I don't have them up because you never sent them to me. Ah, they're the same as last week. Anyway, I'll send it to you now. Anyway, that's fine. Um, we've talked a lot about pet we'll cards. Fix it in uh, exactly. No, it's just all organic and fun. And, and the whole nature of this, as if uh, I guess haven't um, – oh, sorry, our uh, listeners haven't figured out just yet. We don't, we don't really uh, – I, I write notes. I don't script this or anything. And we also like to put our guests on the spot to see what things come, uh, you know, come out that uh, are just from the heart, essentially. So, we've talked a lot about pet cards this week, playing the cards you love, that kind of thing. Chain, give us a pet card you love. It doesn't have to be the best, but you do like to uh, feature in, in, in decks if possible and uh, you just have a, a, an affinity for. All right. Well, we already said Boomerang, so I'm going to roll that one out. Oh, yeah. Um, I have preached my love on my own channel for Scavenger Grounds, but now that that's included in pre-cons, I don't think that one counts as a pet card anymore. 
Uh, <laughs> Commit to Memory is another one I absolutely love. But Ooh, is that, that the one's, blue split card from Amulet? That is Amulet the blue split card. Because the first half, not only can it bounce something or tuck something, mm. it can also counter uncounterable stuff. And then yes. it's a wheel mm. in the graveyard. It's like, great. So it puts it second from the top, I'm pretty sure. Yep. So this is a, like... I think that's the thing you need to extend with the time frame of Commander and how long turns take and everything. That's mm-hmm. that's sometimes two turns away from someone. Uh, that's that's really that's really removing something. It's quite amazing. Yeah, I but I once again I don't know if that one counts as pet either because I've been seeing that one show up in more in more of this either yeah. recently. So oh, if I really had to think about it, like. Hmm, what would my other pet cards be? You're right. I have seen Scavenger Grounds a lot more lately. I think the words yeah. got out that running some graveyard hate actually makes mm-hmm. a bit of sense. Yes, yes. Also, they put it in one of the Ikoria precons. So uh, once it makes it to precon, that's like that's like you did it. You made it card. You, you're you're a big yeah, win now. Exactly. You, ain't, you ain't no pet card anymore. You're no no garage made, band. I care about anymore. Yeah, you made Twitch affiliate. Like. <laughs> Congratulations. Woo, I'm done yeah. with you. Uh, I'm not exactly. done with it. I love, I love scavenger ground so much. Um, man, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, boomerang. Now I'll just go with boomerang. I said it once. Yeah. I'll say it again. It's it's the only one I think I play that would 100% qualify as yeah, a pet card. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and, and if, if if there's ever someone going, why are you playing that? That's that's kind of part of the criteria in a great way. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, you said Commit to Memory is um, one I had in my, my rare binder the other day, and I just looked at it and went, why am I playing this? This is cool. No, I don't know. It's, it's, really it's still like a $2 card. It's so cheap. I don't know why people don't yeah. play it. Oh, wait, wait. I thought of another one. I thought of Ooh, one do more, it. actually. Uh, this is one that was in my Hydar deck, uh, Flooded Shoreline, uh, essentially Ooh. a repeatable version of boomerang but can only hit creatures it's an enchantment uh i think it costs blue blue and has an activity ability blue blue return two islands to your hand return target creature that's that's cool now a lot of people would say this card is terrible because in a vacuum this card is terrible but in hydar it's really 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 good because the whole point of hydar is being able to bounce your lands back to hand and play him again uh with your extra land things that you have somehow in blue Mm. And you can then, if you have this really convoluted interaction where if you have walking ballista, <laughs> retreat to Coral Helm out, and you have this flooded shoreline, you can bounce all the creatures on the table because you'll bounce the two islands to your hand, you put them back, both back out with a combination of walking atlas and retreat to Coral Helm, do it again <laughs> and again and again. And it's just that crazy interaction here in this like, hundred dollar deck where you all of a sudden have a build your own cyclonic rift and it's mm. just when i figured out that i was just looking at this deck and i'm like yes this is the deck i'm finally going to put in paper yeah exactly oh that is so cool i've been looking at some weird untapped stuff with um uh skeleton ship one of my Mm-mm. most yeah pet, you, pet I remember cards you ever. posting that one and i said hey and, put, some, uh, put some rats on it Oh, totally, totally. And that's the thing. It's like if there's a flavor kind of win there to do, you got to do that as well, which is like I play um, a weird one is, uh, what is it? Stolen Goods. By no means a good card. 
by all means a great fun card. So it's just four mana and it and it's very much on on piracy. Uh just makes sense. Um it's funny, I just Googled stolen goods MT, MTG and of course it came up came up with Reddit posts of people who've lost their collections. And well, maybe um, they shouldn't yeah. leave the cards. <laughs> it's stolen from my car. Uh but this one, yeah, four mana sorcery, target opponent exiles cards from the top of his or her library until they uh, exile non land card until the end of the turn you may play it without paying its mana cost. Yeah, uh, that actually reminds get. me of um Dead Man's Chest, the one that came out of what exactly. was it? I think that one came out of Rivals. That's that a funky really card. Didn't you? Yeah, did you like run that in um, Ephemia? I think uh, it is an Ephemia. I haven't personally yeah. got to cast it yet, but I want to because it looks like it's a lot of fun. Totally, and it's and it's card people forgot about too. I think it was, was yeah. it Mythic. I can't remember. Anyway. It was just rare. Yeah, it's just funky. It's really cool. But yeah, they've got pirate hats on. They've got treasure. They're stealing. And like sometimes you could get Nulamog. Who knows? Or you could get. A rampant growth. Who knows? It could be anything. It could be a boat. So, wow, I love that card for sure. Um, no, that's that's great answers there for sure. Love it. Uh, so, next one is uh, you got it. Yeah, Chesh. I see a little cursor in there. You can you can next question it. I mean, I, I guess I can. <laughs> uh, who would you like to most have dinner or a drink with, dead or alive, real or fictional? All right. This is this is one I I've kind of have. The same answer, because obviously people get asked this in the past. Uh, Frank Zappa. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. 100% Frank Zappa. Didn't get into him until after he was very well dead. And Mm. uh, I I saw his hologram tour uh, when it was going through the Northeast on this, like, trial run. Uh, That was uh, Abed Amma was kind of hosting that thing. So I got to, quote, unquote, see him live with actual, like, uh, Ray White was in there. And um, what's his face? The, The xylophonist. These were all, like, a bunch of the original... Original members of Frank Zappa's band, not not the mothers, but uh, the band after it. Uh, no Stevie Vai, which was unfortunate, but hey, oh, uh, he, yeah, he got yeah. kind of super big. Uh, but so I got oh, to yeah. see like a hologram version of him, which was really cool. But I, I would have imagined I've watched a lot of YouTube videos of him, and it's just like it would be it would be pretty cool to have met him in person. But the moment is past us now, so he will yeah, forever exactly. be my answer on that particular question. I um I love looking up um the where was it? I have, I've I've only listened to an uh a, a, an elementary level of Zappa and it's it's that's into my that's, that's what that? everybody listens to because his catalog is just huge oh, like even intense. even if you listen to Joe's Garage and Hot Rats and one size fits all and uh, yeah, that's the one. I've listened to one size fits all a bit, and it's that's yeah. yeah. It's also just the type of you you know when you listen to someone and there's something like a band or a, a, an artist and you're just like, there's something there that's so that's so deep and, and evocative mm-hmm. and weird and I can't quite put my finger on it yet and I don't know. It's it's just sometimes confusing and that's the the joy of it. Like you're going to keep un- uncovering layers and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't ever fully comment on Frank Zappa because I don't feel like I've got the words to kind of put it, quantify it just yet. But I'll keep exploring well, much, for his, sure. Like, well, think of it this way. His songs were very much like people's commander decks where even if he releases it on an album, that song would just continue to change as he performs it. Yeah. And he like always experiments. And it was like he was essentially, he wasn't exactly a jam on band because like the 20 minute songs were songs you knew were going to be 20 minutes and he kept most of his other sets tight. But mm. you can listen to a version of a song that he plays in 1978 and then you go to watch Conch from 1985 and he makes it completely different. Uh, like yeah. Trouble Every Day, it's, it's audio album was a very slow, mellow tone. And then like, when they do it live later in his in his career, it was much much heavier, much more 
versus the do 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 that the original one was. That was mm. probably the biggest mainstream version of this example I can provide, but that happens throughout his catalog. It's just every performance was a little bit different. I, I think, I mean, generally I've found uh, more appreciation in music when I've I've started to like hone into those points and I know we'll get into Genesis later and I've wanted to for a while, but you when you notice things, I, I used to always be like, oh, I want the studio album, that's it, I'm not the live version and someone like put me on, like more people have said no. Sometimes if you're getting into a band, get the live album and listen oh, to I always I always listen to live albums first. Yeah, you you get a taste of what's going on. And then like you say, then you've got the different versions over time too. Sometimes you get the live version of the track can go on for another ten minutes and that's it's absolute joy. So um and then different sometimes different personnel. That definitely I had uh again, I'll talk about it later because I've got a point to put out with another podcast, but they put me onto uh a Genesis live album where Guess what? It's it's not Peter Gabriel doing all the stuff. Uh, I mean, of course he left, but it was that that transition period. And then you've got some of the more traditional songs they're doing, and it's it's uh, Phil Collins doing them all. And it's like and and various personnel changes and reasons. They like actually make a uh, a kind of I don't know. There's backstories to why things sound the way they do, and 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 that's really interesting when uh, things change, like with with Frank Zappa that. That's all thing thing that life imitates art and um and and art imitates commander and commander imitates life and all that junk. So that's that's super cool. I will say, oh, the the one thing I do have of um that always sticks in my mind with Frank Zappa is a video on a uh on a YouTube kind of binge one day, I ended up looking at this guy learning to play one of the uh is it the black page? Um which is okay, infamous. The guy on the drums. Infamously, yeah. yeah, I remember I've seen that same of, video, yeah. It's so good and it's infamously, they say, it's like one of the, like Frank Zappa was just such a genius. It's like infamously uh, just an absolute perfection um, hound pretty much. is like, no, you, you here's this one page. I want you to play it tomorrow and, and learn or this this one piece of music. And it's just, he explains like, I, and again, I'm not a musician, so time signatures only like half understands what's going on. But it's like this, the complexity in this thing is amazing. And it's like, he's like, Session musicians would be like, "Oh, I've got to play Frank Zappa." All right, I I better not make any plans. I'm going to learn how to play this thing. It's it's crazy, and it's um that's it's it's really really impressive. I think for sure. But um, oh man, music chat. We could go on and go on. So, um, next one was uh, do you have a video game hall of fame? So like one, two, three, whatever, just games that stick in your mind that will always be there. I don't do objective one, two, three, fours, but I do have a tiering no. system. Uh, interesting yes um and my tier ones my tier s's as you would uh we have deus ex the original nice um, mankind divided and uh human revolution they were okay two was garbage but the original one i have played through countless times uh the yeah. half-life series but i think a lot of people that put the half-life series and their top tiers regardless just because it's such a trailblazer um, yeah, it's such an important the game. The Serious Sam franchise, uh, up until really? Serious Sam really? 3, which got kind of kind of lame. Uh, but yeah, that was those were actually the ones that made me switch from using the arrow keys on the keyboard to actually using WASD. Um, yeah. So that, that was kind of a momentous time for me. Um, Wizardry 8. Uh, this is a... Oh, I think I know this game. This is one, when people talk about these massive RPGs, like, like uh, the Elder Scrolls series mm. and and Fallout and stuff like that. And then this game never gets brought up. Uh, it was the eighth of its series. It was the third within the trilogy. So six, seven, and eight made their own trilogy. And Holy moly. The, like six and seven, they were both 3D, 
but they were really old 3D, where it's like you're moving mm. through a box grid regardless, and the, the things around you just change. change. Yeah, it Wizardry feels like an Elder El- El- Scrolls 2 or something, yeah, yep, it for sure. took the step to full 3D, and granted, in today's graphics, it looks super dated, but I have played through this game six or seven times now, and even though I know exactly what I'm doing, it still takes me about 60 to 70 play hours to get through it. Wow. And so if you're a first-time person just getting into this game, this is easily 200, 300 hours worth of playtime of just exploring because it's just so large. And oh, it is on cool. Steam. So if you folks are listening and you want to play this game, this is possibly, if I had to make a number one, this likely would have been my all-time number one. Wizardry 8, it's on Steam. Get it. This is exactly why I ask these questions. This is the yeah, these these kind of nuggets <laughs> to come out. And, and there's, there's games where I'm also, like, stoked that you can find the... Uh, you're not phased by graphics, whatever. Like, I think this these day and age, anyway. Like, I think a lot of us put fidelity lower on the scale of it's things like Minecraft being successful. It's like we don't fight fidelity is not necessarily the the greatest thing to strive to anyway. Yeah. You don't. It's not necessary. It's it's more hard that is. And, and yeah, like Borderlands one and two are another ones that I, I would put near my in my top tier, and they artistically go for cell shading, which yeah. aren't super realistic, and it adds like character to the game. I think cell shading adds a bit of timelessness anyway. Like it's yeah. almost independent, which is great. But yeah, the, this one especially that I, I'm such a big Morrowind fan and even just hearing the first few chords of the uh, of the, the opening track or whatever, that just almost brings tears to my eyes. And like I've wanted to run through and, and I'll, I'll probably do it pretty soon actually and just run through another uh, reunion run through that game. But it's, mm-hmm. it's super special. And, and yeah, like you say, early Elder Scrolls is of what this is evocative of. And it's strange. It's like some of these games too. Like it's, I know this will mean the world to you and, and a lot of people, but may not have had the critical acclaim as other of, of other games. But yeah, lo and behold, there's definitely a community around it for sure. Yeah. Oh, cool, nobody, cool nobody talks answer. about Wizardry Eight, but you find like the two people on YouTube who actually played it, and they're like, "Holy moly, this yeah. game is just super fantastic first time." I think to exactly. round out my list though here for you, just to bring you to a close, uh, of course, Heroes of Might and Magic Three. Yeah, I was going to say that's what actually reminds me of my uh, my brother in law loves this game. Like he still plays it every now and then. It's so cool. Yeah, nice one. Um, so, all right, we're going back to music. We have to. We got there, but we, we're going back. Recommend an album. It doesn't mm. have to be the best one. Just just recommend us an album. Recommend I may have already listened to it. <laughs> uh, this is kind of tough because, like, when I when I listen to music, I do exactly that. I listen to albums top top to bottom. And I'll yep. like cycle through five albums at a time and then move on a little bit and stuff like that. Um, man, if I just so had sorry, to one. Chesh, I think it might get pretty pretty proggy here, but um, I, I'd 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 love to give you some um, some recommendations as well. Just to mm-hmm. I don't know, I've I've had the greatest joy first of all getting people into things. Uh, it doesn't have to be music; it can be other mm-hmm. things, video games, pieces of media. I love, and it's a real joy. And half the reason we talk about crap we're inspired mm-hmm. about on the podcast. All right, I think uh, I got one, and I think it's going to come very, yeah. very, very much from left field. Go for it. Cher's ABBA cover album. Oh. It's surprisingly a, mm. really good. Cher ABBA cover. You still there, Chesh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just... Yeah, he, <laughs> he doesn't want to deal with this conversation anymore. <laughs> Cher, ABBA, what are we? 1987? Is it... It's not Dancing Queen, is it? I mean, that's it. It has. I mean, it starts true, with Dancing Queen and finishes with I uh, the one I'm googling anyway. Uh, that that I looks highly like dislike ABBA and I don't care for sure at all. But if you want to talk Kylie Minogue, oh, I don't know yeah. who that is. And that, that's the thing you're not against pop music, so exactly. 
Um, no, I'm, yeah, I like it. That's a, that's a very interesting one for sure. Uh, shares cover album. All right. Well, well, this is the type of thing. It might be like you said, out of left field. This type of thing. Well, you know, if, chain if, if that's not, so I might even get it. If that's not scratching people's itches at home, uh, I'll give them one more that they'll probably <laughs> a little bit more serious. So we're gonna give them. We're gonna give them Oingo Boingo's farewell album, uh, which was recorded at. Uh, their Halloween concert in 1995. So we're hitting the 25-year anniversary of that concert being recorded. They have no plans to reunite, which kind of makes me sad because I'd love to see them live. And Danny Elfman, still they all still exist, so there's really no reason mm. why they don't get back together. But they won't. Dig it. I'll tell you why they, they won't get back together. Why? What was the last thing that they did as a group? The farewell album? What else? <laughs> The Farewell album. It had Johnny Depp. <laughs> what? What had it? Are you thinking of Back Charlie to School? The Chocolate Factory? Oh, that's what no, Danny Charlie Elfman did, Chocolate but Factory? that's not what the group did. Did they do Charlie and the Chocolate uh, Factory? Danny Elfman's been doing all of Tim uh, Burton's like soundtracks for like ever. Oh. Yeah, this is, this is stuff I don't know. Interesting. So what happened there, Chesh? I was just shit. Oh, okay. Chesh <laughs> <laughs> is cracking frankly, on everything today. Just, like, no. None of none of the songs landed well. The movie itself was trash. Was, Johnny Depp was, was a little bit well little bit, Johnny Depp. A little bit creepy. <laughs> it just wasn't a good movie. Yeah. Alright, that's not in our recommendations for um for, for movie this, this week. But uh Oingo Bongo's uh Oingo Boingo's farewell. Uh, live is it live from the Universal Amphitheater? The yep, that's the one. Yeah, Halloween 1995, double live album. Get on it, love it. Uh, Chess, do you want to read the next one? Do I have to? Yes. No, you can. You can do it through interpretive dance. Because some sometime I'm going to read this, and somebody's going to call out that that crappy bondage art. Well, um, then, what's the we'll, best? We'll what, cu- in your honest opinion, we'll, to you, what is the best magic art? Earthbind. <laughs> No. Um, see? See? No. <laughs> outside, I mean, Mirage had, like, great everything, but my favorite all-time magic art is Balthastrix. Yeah, nice. Nils Ham. Um, Nils Ham. I, I ran into him at a at a con last year, and I went to his thing, and I'm like, I want to buy a signed playmat of Balthastrix. He's like, I am sorry, we are sold out, so I got this signed Gilder Baron instead. But next Ooh, time I see no. him, next time I'll get the... Uh, I'll get the Balthus to explain that. Yeah, Gilderband's cool too. But yeah, I've I've always had um I think Nils Harm's like the uh or Ham uh, is the it's like the Seb McKinnon without Seb McKinnon's accolades kind of thing. Or like just no mm. one's always talking about Nils Harm, like some people do, but it's like not as much as Seb. And I, mm. I, uh, I don't know, just watch the Ristic Studies video on Nils Ham. It's amazing. And 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 it's all those little bits and pieces. It's like pockets of colour and interest and and texture that you don't it's so rare and, and, and such a unique thing in um, mm. Nils Harm's art. Oh, super cool. I also, I mean, it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't um, kind of, first of all, reminisce for the times where we had uh, Magic Fests or, or ah, conventions, whatever, or we had one. I've been to a grand total of one. Uh, but then also just just echo the point we've put on Twitter and, and said on the episode a couple of times that um, each one of our guests for sure, it's like we cannot wait until the day that Chesh and I, we're dreaming of going to Vegas. And Do it next year. Be I was supposed to go this year. It got canceled. We're doing it next year. You go next year. We'll be there. If the world is magic. normal, I'm hoping and 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 safe. I'm totally up for it, and then just we'll somehow make it happen. I'll sell a bunch of magic cards and whatever. And um, yeah, you can swim that, over. It's fine. Swimming's free. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's yeah, it's that whole thing. You, you, you know, there's there's people you include in China that have absolutely made our year. So we've we've got these we've got friends that feel so close, yet you're on the other side of the world and there's gonna come a time we're all gonna go have some smoke beak from chain and uh <laughs> have some beers and and whatever and it's just gonna be amazing and, and play a ton of magic. So um we'll get there. We'll get there for sure. Uh next one was all right, recommend us a movie that's not Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Ooh. Um, and the original one is fine, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, the original one was okay. Um, hmm. So many good movies. So many good movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would have to recommend. Do you want a good movie or a bad movie that's so bad it's good? Well, that's the funny. That's the elegant touch, isn't it? Like that. uh, My brother-in-law has a bad movie club, and it's got to be so bad it's good. It can't be halfway in between because then it's just hard to watch. Mm. It's um, yeah, there are so bad it's good. I don't know. What do you feel like? It's it's your chance. You can you can recommend what you want. All right. Well, go so bad it's good because it's the only one I think of. But that is the original Death Race two thousand, not the crappy remake they did with the prisoners, and not that super shot for shot remake they did for Death Race 2012 or 2019 or whatever it was. The original Death Race 2000. Um, oh, has the poster. That is a poster yeah. to get for sure. Yeah, has what, John Travolta and uh, – not, yeah, not John Travolta, the other guy, Rocky. Oh, S- Stallone, yeah. That's it. That's, that's All right, what a, star, what a star-studded cast. Far out. Yeah. That's amazing. Also, the outfits and the design on this are just incredible. I love it. Uh, it's still, it doesn't take itself seriously, and that's great. And yeah, just sometimes you want to watch that. Seriously. Exactly. Oh, that's that's awesome. Oh, I love it. Um, have you seen that, Chesh? I feel like that's something you'd be into. Yes. Sick. Absolutely. I've seen every death race, and I can absolutely confirm that the new ones are trash, and the old <laughs> one is so bad it's good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what we want. I, it was actually one of the reasons why at one point uh I was starting to get back into movie reviews. Um so a couple of years ago I was writing for uh an Australian online website who I won't name because I'll tell you why off soon. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> because of other things. Yes. Um and I did some movie reviews. Uh, and then they were asking me if I wanted to get somebody together in a room, film it, put it on Twitch as a kind of red letter media style thing. Um, and the, we actually, I actually did this with a person, um, with a full studio set up and it was death race, the original death race. Um, and, and it was literally called so bad. It's good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's what the name of the segment was called. Um, so we filmed one of those uh, and yeah, never, never ended up happening. Is I mean, sad. because so- you can't beat the top. You, you, you started too strong. You just can't. Yeah, live up exactly. <laughs> well, they, so basically they just said to me like, just, just make up a title and it'll be fine. And I was like, well, like, I'll just give you the best thing that I have. <laughs> Oh, that's great. But I, I'm real sad because it's uh, like that kind of thing um, is my jam. Like uh, the way I originally got into doing journalism 10 years ago or longer than that now, I guess, um, was because I was doing both uh, video game and movie reviews just on like my own shitty little blog. Mm. 
Um, and uh, Gayag Blomberg, uh, which people probably know from uh, heading up PAX, um, Penny Arcade Expo, was the dude who was egging me on because he was like, I read your stuff. It's really good. Um, you have like this unique take on everything and it doesn't sound like anyone else. And did you know you can get free games? <laughs> well, like, yeah. What are you talking about, mate? <laughs> and he's like, you're, you're, you're doing journalism. You're a journalist. You can get free games from video game producers by just talking to them. And it was like, what? Because <laughs> I was just buying everything myself. I didn't care. Mm. Um, which is how I got in with like the independent movie crews because um, I was doing like independent movie reviews and um, game reviews and stuff like that as well. But yeah, Death Race is just like, it, it's one of those things that if somebody tries to tell you what it is, it sounds like shit. Yeah. But then if you watch it, you go, oh, wow, this is actually really cool. But also yeah. still shit. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. It's, still shit. Yeah, it's the design. It's like the fact that one of these links is a drinking game as well, like that kind of fun stuff. Um, yeah. So as I said, yeah, my brother-in-law had a, uh, he still does it, but we just don't get together anymore, but like a bad movie club and how much fun that can be. And it got intense. It's almost like the, we were looking for the movies with IMDb three or below. That's like the so bad it's good kind of realm. But um, yeah, Death Race is a six. So it's kind of, yeah, I'll have to pass, but it's it, it's a different kind. I think he's, he's one. It's thing. a six because it got the cult following. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm. Exactly. I mean, you could say the room of, you know, that kind of thing as well. But uh, Chesh, do you have uh, on that note, now that we're on that topic, do you have another, you know, one or two to throw out as as, as great, so bad it's good movies to, to kind of recommend yourself? Oh, you know, there's there's a lot out there, and I think that there's probably a lot that people who listen to this probably haven't watched. <laughs> um, but I, I'd say give me a week. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, put them in. Put them because there's a lot of different recommendations. But I'd rather tailor something specific to the crowd. Yeah, fair enough. Rather than like just like, hey, here's this, you know. <laughs> shitty movie like death wish 3 that you should watch Jed, Jed recommended it it's gonna be great it's just nope <laughs> uh, that's all i don't recommend anyone actually watches death wish that that series is mm. shit um it's not so shit it's good it's just so shit it's how did this even get made? which is the point there you can um, you can be just so bad yeah. it's bad exactly for sure i mean there is uh i think it's called raptor pasta I was going to say... No, not pasta is in the food, but it's in like... <laughs> it's like a literal... Religious man? P-A-S-T-O-R. Pastor. No. Yeah. What? Does it, no. This is a weird... What the hell? This is a weird little crossover. Uh, the, the, pasta. Uh, what was it called? It was... Is it Velocipasta? Ph- ph- yeah, the, the, yeah, a man of the claw. <laughs> Yep. This is my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. This is this is yeah. This is the fun times. After losing his parents, oh. a priest oh. travels to China, oh. where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. And yes, there is a sex scene. Uh, at first, horrified by the new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime. <laughs> And ninjas. There's a period. There's an end of the sentence, and then it goes and ninjas. And, and dot. And you start a sentence with capital <gasps> A and ninjas. Thanks, just because I wasn't sold yet. But and ninjas. Oh, there's. I mean, not to mention there's a few. 
there's multiple things like warning <laughs> warning signs, bells ringing to me of, yeah. of just like there's this. Also, the there's fact sin- that this was 2018 and when it sounds like it should be from the fucking 80s. Yes, when everyone thought they could do everything. I mean, people still do, but like yeah. it's just there's there's a few. I think it's a minefield of inappropriate stuff, like cultural inappropriation. But far out, that's yeah. When you said Raptor, I was like, oh, you gonna say my movie? Planet Raptor is is like a household favorite of um of of uh my my in-laws um kind of viewing experience and it's just so awful it's yeah but it's just there's no there's no pastors there's just raptors and people shooting the raptors but yeah it's it is the it's the 2.6 on IMDb it's terrible but even for some that's the thing once something gets a cult following they bump up that score because there's people writing 10 star reviews on these <laughs> <laughs> it's a 5.1 Velocipasta Far out well, We're going to have to watch this yeah. I mean like Okay so if I wanted to I was just thinking about it Like <laughs> for the crowd That listen to this particular podcast I feel like If you've never watched anything by Ed Wood mm-hmm. Which you should have But if you haven't Check out Plan 9 from Outer Space Because it's, it's very schlocky It's very bad It's like a $60,000 budget Oh, well, that's better for um, IMDb. Yeah, nice. And it's yeah, black and white, and it, nice. and it also has Vampira in it as well. Ah, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is nice. I was going to say, and of course, oh, Be- Edward, yeah, Bella Lugosi. So you know, I was going to say, it's like you can even get into the the old. It's kind of bad, but just fun and great. And I think like your your Ray Harryhausen kind of stuff, where it's just it's actually good, but it's people can look at it and go that's all goofy because of the you know what are they trying to do with effects and things like that but that's mm. a different category i guess but yeah oh i'm gonna check out some ed wood movies crazy um that was that was a fun little chat guys that's great um <laughs> next one chesh is is your your kind of thing for to, to reel off for sure ah uh, yeah chain what is your favorite pokemon favorite pokemon once again i have tears i don't have outright pictures <laughs> but um <laughs> Like Gen three, you get Soul Rock, love Soul Rock. Gen two, <laughs> yeah. you have Ampharos, love Ampharos. Gen one, you get Alakazam, because yeah, Alakazam. Yep. Yeah. Um, Gen four Alakazam and onward, I didn't really play too much. So like I'd play maybe a once through of the game, but I didn't play it religiously. But uh, yeah, I would say favorite from Gen one's Alakazam. Favorite from Gen two is Ampharos, and favorite from Gen three is Soul Rock. And we'll make those my choices. What? How many gen? So, how many gens are there now, Chesh? Nine, nine. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I, I, too many to count. I stopped yeah. absorbing after three, and that was the main one. I put a lot of time into the game and had a lot of fun. And I remember Soul Rock. Soul Rock's so cool. And then there's a few. That's where um our favorite Ludicolo came in too, wasn't it, Chesh? Yep. Ludicolo. <laughs> he just wants to dance. Yeah, exactly. So you get Soul Rock, and then the opposite, which is a moon. They're just rocky things. Lenoon. That Lenoon. they were they are cool. They're cool. Yeah, no. I, I I've said it before. I've I've the amount of times I'm like, mm, could I play another Pokemon game? Potentially. I don't know. I think I think the appetite's there. I don't know what one it would be. It'd probably be the Switch one, but I think Chesh was saying maybe there's something the to wait one, for. Lunala? Yeah, Lunala. 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 Cool, cool. Yeah. Soul Rock the Sun and Lunala the Moon. Lunala. I dig. Or Soul. I never I never played. Luna. Never played Get it. Sapphire. Sapphire. 
Suns and moons, exactly. Uh, all right, so a good one to round these out, and, and this has been an exploratory thing. Again, I tried to um, – uh, it's been awesome, Jane, but I, I, I tried to steer us into talking about Genesis, but we'll talk about that later. I know you're a fan. Um, <laughs> but we will wrap it up with a, uh, a nice bookend for these questions. In just a few words, what does magic mean to you? This is one that would have been super cool if you guys gave me a little bit of heads up on because you're I taking know. something that covers so much and trying to I sum know. it up in this a is, few this is the whole, words. This one is there's the whole quotes reason. around the few words here. <laughs> this, this, oh, you can, you can do sentences. That doesn't matter. But it's, it's, this is the one anyway that I uh, – that's the reason that I kind of – I like to see what comes out of the heart straight away. Magic is – it's fun. It's uh, it's a problem to solve that can never be solved. There's just too many variables, and it's it's a puzzle that's just fun to solve. Yeah. And you have people there to to solve with it, and there are people out there who are trying to stop you from solving it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's I, I really love that perspective actually, and it's it's so <laughs> true. And there's a that that really speaks to uh, there's there's kind of a want to do everything nature that I have, which is generally try and get, I get into something new every year and sometimes shelf something else, whatever. Uh, but magic is that evergreen thing that's just always there and it's it's never losing interest. Maybe it waxes and wanes in, in particular months, whatever, but I'm still playing it. I'm still thinking about it every day. It's still always interesting pieces and there's it's just there is inf- uh, almost infinite possibilities, which sounds really corny whatever but it's that's true there's, and there's always importantly there's the people I, I keep saying that as well and then we we talk about other things and it's it's made me think sometimes like yes what happens if magic goes away um i think we'll still be playing commander uh that's that's for one but importantly there's these people that kind of uh were brought together you know our friends have we've kind of met through this that we can still talk about old movies with and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah Nice I one. guess the one thing we have in common to just start the conversation, but exactly, there's so much exactly. more conversations to be have beyond it. Yeah, and and that's the fun part. It doesn't always have to be ma- magic, and and you know, um, there's amazing circles to get into. But at the end of the day, it's yeah, just enjoying someone's company. So um, that's a good way to uh, to 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 kind of round out what this experience has been and, and thank you so much for being on chain it's been an absolute joy and and um i was looking forward to this one because i know you've got some really cool ideas first of all commander but i know you've got some you had some really cool stuff uh personally to talk about and influenced by and you definitely delivered so uh thanks so much man and, and look forward to having you on again one day but importantly get some command games in soon for sure so yes, um, that's that's why yeah. we play the game is to actually play the game play it exactly and, and keep brewing doing doing wacky stuff and we'll meet up on some streams at some stage for sure but um yeah uh till then where can the people find you well i can be found in several key places uh, the first one would be on YouTube, obviously, at uh, youtube.com slash chain of commander. Um, the more subscribers there, the better. I had a year point goal for the channel of reaching 300 subs. Uh, three and a half months into it, I'm already at 255. So, yeah, it would blow it my mind if we could get to this bit to even before the end of the year. That'd be super swell. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at chain underscore commander. I'm getting the hang of Twitter. I didn't like it at first, but I'm starting to get a better <laughs> feel for it now that I'm meeting people and actually talking to people on there. You always seem happy I'm, on there. That's 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 a reason to follow you. So yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Instagram at 
chain of commander and I post pictures of my new stuff and decks I'm working on and just general stuff there. So that's, that's the primary three. Nice, nice. Uh, you can find me at Pass the Jam Sam on the uh, the Twitters and the Instagrams, uh, and then you can find the podcast. Uh, well, first of all, I'll, I'll do that in a second. But where can we find Chesh? You can find me anywhere that you can listen to planes. No, that's that's not right, really? is it? What? Plane just went over. Oh yeah. Um, you can find me uh, most places at Cheshire Plays Games. On Twitter, you can find me at Chesh Plays. You can also follow my basketball stuff at Chesh Breaks. Don't forget about the uh, EDH Boxing League, which is proudly supported by, of course, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar and Guff Gaming. So guff.com.au, which is every Tuesday night at 8pm AEDT, which is where... I get together with awesome people such as my co-host Sam and we play some Commander out of a box. And Hayden. It Hayden's an awesome person too. Weird. Yeah. Um and there's giveaways. Yeah. There's 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 giveaways. That's right. So And it's been fun as far as just opening yeah, first of all, opening a box and not just throwing the cards aside straight away, actually making a deck out of it and then that's a uh, an excuse to uh, get some some new wacky packs every week and uh, and, and add them to the pool. And who could? Who, who, Wait, you, you guys need excuses to do that? I just no, you know no. casually walk into a store and be like, "Oh, I accidentally <laughs> bought four collectors packs." I'll take four of your finest, sir. <laughs> Oops, just give them to me. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, so we'll have, I believe, one collectors pack. Oh, yeah. Uh, and about five Zendikar booster packs. To be giving away over the next uh, the next couple of weeks. So, what you'll need to do is jump into the chat whilst we're streaming yep. it, and you're going to have to use a certain keyword. Yes, that keyword is "chesh bad porn movie." No, no, it doesn't yep. work no. unless you say yep. it like from password. The password is yeah, "chesh bad password. porn movie." <laughs> There we go. Josh bad. Porn That's movie. what it has to be. So you have you just have to say it in chat with no context at no. all. No context. Because then Chesh will tell the story and 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 one of these additional amazing layers of uh, Chesh's illustrious life that we'll get an Australian story of one day. <laughs> that's I. That's I a documentary do series. Uh, that chain, there is a video out there somewhere. What? I I no. I, yeah yeah. There yeah is. I love it. And and. There's a whole story behind it where my ex sold off our video camera. Oh, um, and oh, so to yeah, this thing is so, this. I'm not. I'm not even surprised. This is great. Um, so yeah, Chesh will tell the story when you get the uh, code word right and you open a booster pack and you get a sweet um, foil Omnath or something from the pack and um, win that, and then you also get the bonus of Chesh telling you the amazing story. So uh, tune in, <laughs> tune in on a exactly. Tuesday, which is. For our American friends, I haven't done the conversion, but it's another time. You'll have to use worldtimebuddy.com to figure that out. Um, but you'll you'll see. Just subscribe to uh, to Cheshire Plays Games on the Twitches, and you'll you'll mm-hmm. see what's going on there for sure. So um, yeah, and you can find the podcast at, of course, cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm on the Twitters at cmdr underscore crunch. Uh, Instagram is at cmdrcrunch and send us thoughts, feedback, questions, whatever. We'll read them out. Salamanders. What's that? Salamanders. Salamanders and cephalids, whatever you feel like to... Uh, no cephalids. Don't worry, the, G- the Gmail thing will do the uh, the filtering for anything profane. That's fine. So, um, please don't send that stuff anyway. Uh, but cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Um, 
I skipped over the entertaining. Did you have anything to, to kind of ch- uh, tune no, in there? No, I mean, Discovery is out. Go go watch Discovery uh, season three. Yeah, it's really good. I had a very really quick good. one, and it was a prog rock podcast I got into, uh, and it was from the same Greenlight Podcast Network. I'm pretty sure, which is the one that Shivam's podcast is on, Casual Magic. So check that out. It's always good. Um, but it's called. Alexander's Ragtime Band, I'm pretty sure. Uh, give me one second. Of course it is. Uh, Alexander's Ragtime Band podcast, and it is by uh, the dude from Retronauts podcast and two of his mates, and they just talk prog rock, and they, they talk about it in a way which is really cool, and I don't know what the licensing agreement is here, but they can actually play some of the songs on the podcast. So you can listen to things and stories about like ELP and Genesis and Yes and Van de Graaff Generator, my favorite uh, and they, they explain what they think about it. It's really good. It's not like overly self-indulgent um, people talking about music that you don't understand, whatever. It's really, really good. And they, they kind of use real words to describe describe the music essentially. But I hate it when been, they make up words. Oh, man. Exactly. And you're just like, I don't feel smart enough. I don't know. I'm not privy to such words and I'm not a musician. And yeah, exactly. So it's just like just real down to earth, like good chat about prog. And I appreciate it a lot. And I've learned a lot from it too. And that's what I was saying about the Genesis stuff. It's like, well, now I'm going to go and hunt down some of those live albums because they're sometimes really interesting. It's really funny. So um, yeah, exactly. So check that podcast out um, when you're not listening to ours, of course, and when you're not watching Chain of Command on YouTube. So um yeah that's that's been it guys but uh let's let's i guess as always leave off um with uh some advice i guess and and i'll just say uh if you're going to crack packs find a way to play them maybe or pretend you are so i was going to say play pack wars but you can't really do that anymore um i don't know play uh find something to do with them cheshi what about you chain chain next (laughs) oh i go i gotta give advice Jeez. um don't do hard drugs and um, make sure you make your bed. Oh, that's a good one. That actually yeah. sets a precedent for your whole day, and that's actually really good advice for sure. That's that's fair. Uh, just remember that it even a shit movie somebody put their heart and soul into, for the most part, unless it was Pepsi. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so before you shit all over somebody's movie, just remember that Person. people had to act probably didn't get paid mm. um but it's okay to hate shit movies i mean i feel that applies to all levels of content creation to be honest i was about People, to say that that was actually yeah, pretty incredibly like, um, profound i have actually. come I across several vile comments online recently about people not caring about content creators but these people are like most of them don't get paid to do what they do they're exactly. doing this out of like just care for their hobby or enjoyment and it, the fact that people like demonize them and make them yeah. the enemy for how some reason you make just blows four dollars off your content exactly like how dare you post an ad i just want people to see my thing exactly and it, it's like it's which you know oftentimes it is like well if i can get five dollars for doing what i'm doing it still doesn't like i'm still doing for love and it's the napoleon dynamite quote it's like a yeah. dollar an hour. Like it really, it's less than that sometimes. It's I mean, like- no, I, I'm, I'm going in the red here. It's just like if somebody messages me and say, "Hey, I like the work you're doing. Can you help me with this deck?" That alone is just like releases releases the dopamine. It's just, just yeah. people out there that appreciate the work you're doing. It's, I don't expect people to go out there and like sign up for my Patreon or do stuff like that. But it, I mm. don't want people out there just saying, "Screw the content creators. What do they do for us?" <laughs> And then also they are the people that binge YouTube for like 
20 hours exactly. in a day. It's like scorning someone uh, or, or like scorning a thing that they're getting for free. That's yeah. the funny part of it, the whole thing. Anyway, entitled people. That's great. You should definitely count us in the camp of appreciating all you do, Chain. You're, um, you're being awesome in the community and uh, fun in our breakfast club and, and, and just kind of reminding us all the time. And, you know, we kind of, I don't know, I, I'd like to think we support each other. It's like when there's days where I'm like, oh, do I, why am I doing this? And like, why am I actually inspired to do this? And, and then you see you talking about what, uh, you know, what your favorite decks are or something like that. That's why. Exactly. So, yeah, thanks for doing all you do, man. No problem. Awesome. All right. Uh, take care, folks. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Adios. Ciao, ciao.